0: I am unashamed. What about you? All right. Welcome back to unashamed. Jason, you're wearing some, uh, an unashamed shirt. I like that. Yeah. That's a, some of our merch.
1: I thought I'd put my good.
0: shirt where my mouth is. There you go. You, philmerch.com, by the way, for those of you that are watching, uh, if you like Jason's shirt, you can buy one just like it. We just got some new stuff. We'll be sporting. Um, Dad, you were telling us before we came on air that Bobo number six had had some issues there um
2: yeah, he lost a during the night fighting the the uh probably a possum or maybe an armadillo, maybe a neighbor's dog he came up with one of his toenails missing had a little blood coming out of him so uh you know when a dog when 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 a dog of five, six generations loses a toenail, there's a there's a scramble among the women.
1: <laughs>
2: what are we gonna do? Huh? I mean, do they have toenail replacement? Oh, no, I don't know, but they, they was, I'm sure they've come up with something. I mean, the women <laughs> rally to the. Let's take him to the doctor. Let's take him to the vet. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so over a toenail. Oh, well, which can be painful. A lot less than that. I mean, but you know, he's a dog, you know. Yeah, they're a dog. I treat him like a dog, but I would say on a toenail that he would be all right without the doctor visit. It'll slowly heal. Yeah, I mean, he just—it's—it's it's out of place. It's you know. Well, what I know, think dogs' feet fit the toenails are kind of tight fitting. One one of these is go out to hard left. <laughs> one of the fastest dogs I ever seen had three legs. Yeah. So I'm saying it could have been worse. That's right. And the if toenail could, was still there, but it was at the, at the hanging stage, so it had torn loose some little cartilage, whatever. Yeah. That's, in, in between a dog's toenails, it's supposed to be pretty tight packed, you know. Yeah. You look at a dog's track in the dirt; it's out there. It's Pretty it's not one over on the left of shooting out over there. <laughs> that there. He got into a fight with something or maybe Bob wire, I don't know. This
1: is country living, Phil, when the, the biggest drama going on is one of your dogs lost a toenail. Oh, well,
2: boy lost his toenail. I mean they brought him to me, you know, he's sitting up there looking at me, you know, like like I did something. Help me. Yeah, he help me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just take the, uh, the 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 tape that glues itself together, the kind of stretch tape the, mm. that you use on your arms when you're working on you. Uh, I found a roll of that, and I just roll the whole thing up, pe- kind of like a tight pad. Yeah. And if he leaves it like that six weeks, it'll be it'll grow back together. But it's. He'll go to the vet, you know. That
0: that's interesting because that was pretty much your approach for any injuries that we had as children. Yep, um, was just put a little tape on it, a little butterfly, you know. I came home one night
2: and they they got Jace and they said, "Oh, he hurt his arm," you know, and all like, But he'll be all right. I said, "Come over here." And so he held out his arm like that. I said, "Yeah." Yeah, he, he ran into a little, I said, how about it's broken in two places and you need to get him to the doctor and I've been, immediately. I've been in pain for three days. Yeah, they were like, yeah, you hurt his arm a little bit there. You know, the first thing they I did. I said, hold your arm out there, son. He held it up. I said, yeah, he got a little pain in his arm. I said, he's broken up, broken it in a couple of places here. Yeah, the bones were kind of protruding out. But yeah. Kay kept saying, no, it's a, just a sprain. <laughs> and,
1: uh, so you know what the bad thing was is the first thing they had to do was rebreak it, yeah, which was very excruciating. Oh. I was like, "Hey, knock me out next time."
2: You know, yeah. you wore cast around there for a while. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: and just so what ha- what happened over the course of time that his children. That we needed medical attention and didn't get it, but now dogs break their toenails in this immediate trip to the what what happened. I think you (laughs) should have I would have offered a pushback on the toenail
2: trip, you know to the dog. Oh, they they had no, no, they'd already made up their mind. It's vet, go to the vet. Mm. Go to the vet is kinda like a big deal with them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm all for going to the vet, but I don't know about over a toenail.
0: It probably has something to do with funding, Jace. we probably didn't have as much funding back in the day. So it was probably a, a, more of a financial call. I don't know. Exactly. The Ma- nail maybe...
2: was still hooked to the the, 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 the bone the the, the the bone in there. It's hooked to it good. That but but the bone is where the, where the problem is. It's it's kind of at the flopping stage. It's torn loose.
1: Yeah, but I like, thought I was going to go to the hospital last night. We were we were keeping the little one, and uh, his his favorite song that I play we have uh, you know dance time. I mean, this is like I'm going back to when I had little kids, and I play that "Staying Alive," and I, I it's just because when he would be uh, you know they what they call the witching hours, the last two hours before he goes to bed. It's always difficult because it's been a long day, you know. And so Missy would always give him to me. That's my turn because she's like, "I've been dealing with this all day. It's your turn." So I was trying to find. You know, everybody's got to have a song, or you got a walk-up song. I mean, it's and you learn that at our early age. Well, his he likes that "Staying Alive." You know the Bee Gees, You remember that the guys? I, I got the high voice. word oh yeah. And so when I play that song, I mean, he, he dances, you know, the whole time. He gets excited. And so I was laughing. Missy was talking and he's got the song going and it's loud. And, and he's a, a, he likes to bang like the drums. So one of the presents he got for his birthday was, a you know, he likes to pound the table. And well, he was excited. And I was distracted. And so he went to pound the couch, but I was laying on the couch, and he hit me below the equator, full, Ooh. yeah, extension, yeah. And I mean, I blacked out in pain, just writhing.
2: You're kind of like them NFL boys when that happened. They're trying to get over it without anybody noticing, getting on the bench. But it's a tough, tough oh, it, walk. Oh, it
1: is. It's, it's tough. <laughs> and Missy was laughing at first, and uh. Then she was like, Do you need some help? And I was thinking, Should I say call 911? Because, you know, it just takes time to recover. But I was like, No, I think I'm going to make it, but you wouldn't understand, obviously. When
0: well, that's what happens when you're a dad and then later a granddad, your kids reach a certain height when they come up to get your attention and they're just the right height when they go to, you know, hey, hey, dad, or hey, hey, Pat, yeah, right. and they're just that right height, and, yeah, it's a dangerous time. Well, that's what I was type. saying. When you
1: go back in to the the small kid, I, I was so removed from it. You know, you just, I mean, because now if he comes toward me, I got my head on a swivel. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, that won't happen again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we used to have the Louisiana that dog. It's the Louisiana dog, you know. The, uh, what do you call them? Louisiana dog. Cur dog. Yeah, Catahoula cur. Yeah. Yeah. And that became. That still is. I think the Louisiana's. What they call it? The know? official dog. The yeah. Official of Louisiana. dog. Catahoula cur. So I've owned some before, but uh, they make good dogs. Good. Good yard dogs. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they had the glassy eyes. Not much needed necessarily uh, on injuries. They they very seldom had an injury. If they they died, they died a violent death, you know. Uh, Big trucks, tractors, or or a herd of bad dogs. So they they bumped them off one at a time. We decided to
1: do a series on, or what are we going to call this? I Am Series? I
0: think it's the I Am Series.
1: I mean, it's it's the greatest nickname ever. Yeah, any human. I mean, a, a nickname is probably I don't want to be make it sound even sacrilegious, but I mean, that's what he that's what he went by. But I mean, we're going to prove that to you.
0: And it made me think about something, Jay. So a couple of things I thought of before we get into the more serious part of the I is that, you know, our family and nicknames. We've talked about this a lot because dad's has a long history of giving people nicknames and another person that does it is Willie and you know, he he's he's big about giving people little names usually not not very flattering names and he likes to irritate with his nickname so all of my grandkids he's come up with names that he loves to torture them with and he, he, he usually tries to find something that he knows will irritate him and so every time they come over to his house or he comes to my house he likes to have something that that he knows will get under their skin it's just what the way he is i mean we all know he's been doing it since he was a kid and bk you know bullfrog is what dad calls her cuz she's got big yep, eyes i guess there's a, there's another nickname i didn't think of which about is that. another nickname yeah. this bullfrog is uh so bk when she was young i guess she was maybe 7 or 8 years old she was some of her little friends were with her and so we were filming the show, the duck show back then. So she was with some of us. Well, they didn't know because she wasn't on the show. And obviously they didn't know she was connected to us. And so she was with somebody in the family. And so like when when whoever that was left, they looked at BK. And now she's like seven or eight. She's 15 now. She's seven or eight at the time. And they said, do you know the Duck Dynasty people? And, of course, you know, it kind of offended her because it's her family. She said, I am the Duck Dynasty people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when that story got back to Willie, of course, from that point to this day, whenever he sees BK, he says, BK, do you know the Duck Dynasty people? Um. You know, he doesn't this... (laughs) This little boy's, of course. Now he's done it for so many years that she won't even acknowledge it. You know, she just ignores it. So I wonder if she got that from just hearing Bible class about the I am, or it was. Well, just, I don't know. Uh, I, I, thought, I thought that was it. It popped into my brain when when we were studying for this series because I thought about it. That it's so. It was so funny because it was an I am statement. It was like, don't you know I am? And even at seven years old, she got it. It was a definitive statement.
1: Well, I. I was so upset uh, last night when I was studying for this because so in all the research, I mean, and we'll decide to do something, you know, a book or like in this case, which is is a famous. Now you you had you had it like the seven I am statements. Well, I read them. I'm like, well, you missed one, and then I realized later, well, you missed another one. But I didn't realize that. So there are seven I am statements. Where Jesus used a metaphor.
0: Yeah, they're metaphorical. To,
1: That's right. So they have so because I, I didn't know that was a thing, but there's right. actually nine I am statements that we'll cover that Jesus made. Seven in, in the, the Book of John. Yeah. yeah, in the metaphor category, and the other two, which I really think are the most profound. I mean, they're all profound. So, so I was studying that. Well, I didn't realize. Because, you know, I'm a big Chosen fan, the show The Chosen. And I didn't realize that there's a little controversy about this line in The Chosen. So at the time I, I stumbled up on it, so this guy had written the article because they had just seen a trailer of the season three. Well, season three is out now, and so and it's been out. So uh, at the end of the trailer, because I had to go back and watch the trailer, I'm like, what what are they talking about? So Jesus makes this statement on that show. It says, I am the law of Moses. I actually saw that episode. I think it's uh, season three, episode three, where he says that. And it comes from that when Jesus went back to his hometown and an argument, arose because and he didn't have any honor and then they were actually wanting to kill him after he claimed to you know have this authority over the law and the prophets and act like he's from god and so that's where they they ran that in there so i was like well, what is the controversy about this well the con and i'm saying a little bit because they just said well that line actually doesn't appear in the bible you know they they made that up so i thought well i think they missed it the, the i all i think that that controversy did was show me that there are still people with pharisee tendencies today <laughs>
0: <laughs> so jace um you know what I love about it? We're all involved in the pro-life movement in different ways, and you and Missy have uh, put yourselves out there and uh, and taken a, a child to really to help be a part of his life from now on. And and you guys, even though things have changed in terms of uh, your direct involvement, you guys are are still engaged, right? And you're, and really, you're engaged oh, for yeah. for life.
1: Oh, speaking of engagement, so he's just over a year old. And he's been taking two or three steps and then saying, oh, wait a minute, and plop down. You know, yesterday, 18 steps.
2: The furthest he's ever gone.
1: 18 <laughs> steps. And you would have thought that we were at some kind of arena where, you know, this is oh, just, man, oh, touchdown. We High fives, everybody hollering.
0: So, yeah, it was a cool moment. So this is the beauty uh, of the pro-life movement. And I think that's a great illustration of our involvement is that uh, we're more than interested in just getting babies uh, born. Uh, We're interested in getting babies, not only born, but having a fulfilled life. And so one of our sponsors is a group called 40 days for life. uh, And they're very active and engaged in the pro-life movement. They have a million volunteers in 1500 cities Uh, They're the largest pro-life organization in the world, Um, and they're in the best position to end abortion in post-war America. And so we love what they do. Uh, They have 40-day peaceful vigils. Uh, They offer love and hope outside abortion facilities. Uh, They've helped save over 23,000 babies. Uh, They've converted over 250 abortion workers. And so uh, we love joining with what these guys are doing. And we want you to check out what they're doing. Check out their locations, their podcasts. They have a free magazine. If you go to 40daysforlife.com, stay updated on what they're doing. That's 4040daysforlife.com. Check them out. Get engaged. Get involved in the pro-life movement.
1: So I usually try to stay away from controversy, but I just thought, I would try to take that on and I wanted to, you know, as a way to introduce this and and I'll kind of give you all my take on it. Cause, cause basically what I wrote down without studying, just when we decided to do this, I just thought, you know, in a, in a, things change in life. We, we talked about that before in marriage I was the best advice, uh, that you can give is, is trying to explain to people that are not married, that are fixed to get married, that things are going to change of course that you know a young couple they're like, oh yeah yeah we got it we got it but it, it it's life is unpredictable marriage is unpredictable so you contrast that by hebrews 13 8 that says jesus christ is the same yesterday today and forever and he's made these statements where he says i am and so he does it a lot of times when it comes to his character or it may be time-related. I mean, obviously, it's a time statement, I am present, but it's also we know that he's not going to change into some you know, poor character specimen. I mean, he, he, it embodies a lot to make that statement, I am, which that's why I said it's the greatest nickname ever. I had a couple of verses that, just speaking in light of this this little controversy that arose, uh, in Luke 4, 16 and through 23, I, I was just going to make the point that when Jesus said that he he didn't come to, or maybe Matthew 5 would be the best one, he didn't come to abolish the law, but he came to fulfill it. Where's that at? That's on the Sermon on the Mount, right? Yeah, that's... Uh, Matthew 5, 17, Matthew 5. He said, don't yeah. think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So I think this is one of the few times that he uses a reference of the law and the prophets in the same sentence like that. Because you think about right. how many times, I think fulfillment is mentioned. How many times in Matthew? Several. So he, oh, a bunch. And he would say... It's a major
0: I, theme, yeah.
1: Yeah, I would do this, fulfill prophecy. But he's also saying, here, I have come to fulfill the law. And so obviously these uh people that took on the chosen they didn't they didn't like that and I read their arguments and look, I think their heart was in the right place, I think they were just sincerely mistaken because they want to keep the law of Moses. and so they're like, well, Jesus made references to it, so he wasn't, but the more I got to thinking about it, and even uh so they had to pass the Luke 4. I have that in here for some reason, so I wanted to read that. I can't remember what it
2: said. Luke 4, 16 through 23. Uh, Jesus's point was to them was that th- there's only one person that will ever be. The one who wrote it, the law of Moses, and the only one that's ever kept it. And he And he was in the process of keeping it. When they said we're going to kill him because because of it. All well, right. It's a tough tough little back and forth there.
1: Well, you're right. I'm gonna I'll skip. If you to wrote the something
2: end. and you live by it, and you never broke broke up one of your statutes. Mm-hmm. That is pulling off a major thing that no one has ever done, but this one. Well, right. But so what somewhere I- in there, one of the reasons I can keep it is. I wrote it. Well that that's what I that's what I was fixed
1: to say. Uh, I'll skip to the end of this argument. You know, after I read all this stuff, I mean, it's two or three hours of my life I'll never get back. But I just thought to myself, well, who wrote the law of Moses? That's right. So even if you just do a search on the internet and say who wrote the law of Moses, well, do you realize people say well Moses, Jace? but when you read that, it then it'll say as revealed. By God. You know, okay, so when you think about that and you read Exodus 31, 18, so when he had these two tablets, it actually says this in, in, uh, before I read the Luke 4. It says that, that that came from the fingertip of God. That's the quote, Exodus 31. Well, when did God have a finger? Oh, he became... A man in jesus right well before jesus became a man he he's god right that's it that's why he made these statements about you know i've sent you these prophets so al we brought up the where he said in in luke 10 i saw satan fall like lightning from heaven yeah How, how could you say something like that and i you know i've been sending you all these prophets i think that's uh was it Matthew twenty four? And then he's like, "I'm gonna continue to send them," but he's like, "You keep, you've killed them, you know. For you keep killing them. What? Well, right. well, how? How do you know?" And even you know the famous one in John eight, when he, when he was, they were arguing about Abraham. He's like, "Well, before Abraham was, I am." Mm-hmm. So when you think about it, the chosen taken taken a moment when Jesus's authority was questioned. For Jesus to say, "Oh, I am the Law of Moses," that
2: was a correct conclusion. And look, and when it gets to the passage of time, Jesus said, "I'm I'm the marker. I'm the one that where time came from." There, there was a, there was a time for the human race that they didn't have a way of counting time from yeah. this year to that year to that. You say. Jesus comes along clear and we've been counting time by him ever since yeah well that's why it's you said it. well, what would we, what would we call all the time before Jesus got here you would call that all the time before Jesus got here I mean you just think about how hard that would be to do
1: well exactly well uh let me read this Luke 4 because this is where the argument came from but I just wanted to read it so in verse 16. He went to Nazareth, Nazareth, where he had been uh, brought up as Jesus. And on the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue, as was his custom, and he stood up to read. So he starts reading about Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind." To release the uh, oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So then he rolled that scroll up. That was Isaiah sixty one, one and two. And he makes a statement in verse twenty one. Because you said, "What? What? Why did? Why did all this escalate when he went to Nazareth?" Well, here was the statement: Today, this today which is why I opened this with Jesus Christ. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. So he, he says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now you say, what is the big deal? Why did they get angry at that? Because he's saying, Isaiah, it's talking about me. The law, is talking about me. I'm fulfilling the law and the prophets. And so, like I just said, if you go back in time, you realize that God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, you go all the way back to Genesis 1 in the creation, it said, let us make man in our image. When you have the, the law being written or revealed to Moses, well, who wrote the law? God, Jesus, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. What are you talking about? So it, it's, it's, it's like you didn't think anything about that. BK, when she said, Hey, I am, you know, the <laughs> duck people. I mean, because she's like, This is my family, and, and it's the same concept here. I think the problem with the Pharisee mind and the religious group is they're 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 putting too much limitation or they're trying to understand with feeble human brains how God is. I mean, He is a being that's eternal, that became a man, but it didn't didn't mean that he was unaware of the law of Moses before he became a human being. It's just, it's just dumb. It's dumb. It's not putting an application on the power and the depth of God. It's just, it's too limiting, you know? So I think the chosen got it right. I think the, the, uh, scoffers have it wrong. And, uh, and in that moment, I think you know what you're watching at the show. It's not a literal interpretation of the Bible. It's a it's a view of God becoming a human, and so and and letting your imagination and and allowing you to think is part of the draw of of the show. It that's but that's what we do every day. Even in this discussion, is that's right. You you study the scriptures and you grow and you stretch and you. You disagree on things, but you're open minded and because it's hard to wrap your head around the the awesomeness of of God. I mean, just even in making these statements, this is quite the venture to explore a person who says, hey, you can call me. I am.
0: No, it's a great point, guys, because it's. The the words <clears throat> I am the law of Moses are not specifically in scripture spoken by Jesus in red letters, but it is all over the scriptures that Jesus is the law of Moses because he wrote it, which is a great. Uh, I mean, if you were going to characterize, you know, from from the John 21 passage that there are so many other things that Jesus did, there's not enough books to record them all. If you were going to come up with things just from reading all the scriptures that Jesus could have said, that could have been one of them that he said. So you're right; it, it is kind of comical that the modern Pharisaical mindset is still alive and well, and they've managed to capture that by these silly arguments that w- that's controversial that Jesus would say that in this, you know, stylized, you know, piece of film that you're watching. I mean, I just find it interesting. Yeah.
1: Well, there's just you think about the difference, what this means, the, these statements, I am. And and even like I said, I think the Chosen got it right. Uh, and just as an illustration of that, you know, before we started filming today, I mean, Phil was talking about this same concept, and he's like, you know, Jesus, the more you look, you see that Jesus is at the center of everything. Yep. So all that statement was, was, yes, Jesus is in his hometown in this moment that they're felt but he was in the center of every possible thing you could think of since the creation of the world that he he's he was there yeah at at the center as of which
2: on. of which he is the creator
1: he is creator <laughs> and it it's like uh you know at at i i heard uh the U2 uh, singer, who's a believer, uh, Bono, was talking about, you know, they asked him a few years ago, and I've run across this at some point, like how they they were trying to get him that the Old Testament is so uh, R-rated, I guess, you know? And he's like, well, it makes sense to me in that when you're a kid, and he's like, the children of God back then, they needed a firm hand you know and he's like I kind of view the the uh, old testament as an action movie and it was all about awe and worship and he said it was vertical you know they're looking up worshiping god you know kind of out of fear cuz he's saying here's what I want you to do he said but then jesus came along and all of a sudden it became more vertical where you're look you you can actually look and, and you you see the love it wasn't that God didn't love, uh, you know. In the Old Testament, He was just given a portrayal of His character, and right and wrong, you know. And I, I thought it was an interesting take, in that there was love in that, and love, uh, you, you know, in Jesus. But of course, you know, the guy interviewing him was like, "What do you, what do you even say about that?" You know. <laughs> and, <laughs> Cuckoo for text. But but my point is the U2 singer, which is 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 you don't believe I was trying to get to the point that the implications of believing Jesus is the I am of God is that no other religious founder said, Well, there's a God and you're looking at Him. They always say, Here's how you get to God. Here's the here's the truth that will set you free. And Jesus, by declaring he is the the way, the truth, and life, he's actually introducing the idea, and him being eternal, that I'm finding you. I came to find you. So you think about how how big a difference that is. I mean, you have Jesus over here, and you have every other religious group over on the other side. It's the complete polar opposite was my yeah. my point. No no, no other religious leaders claiming to
2: be the I am. So what were you saying, Phil? I just want to make a point that I was trying to look for that verse that one of the things said about him, as you're just reading through, when you get the buildings and all this and the, the temple and all that, uh, somewhere it said, I can't find it, but he's the builder of everything no that's hebrews 3 4 yeah
1: no it Uh, says every house no it's a great point because he's talking contrasting with moses on who's better because they were like well we believe in moses yeah which is great to what this argument in you know what he's saying i am i created moses and he says every house is built by someone that's my part. god is the builder of everything
2: so the final... You say time, final word, Jesus. You say builder of everything. Yes, that's Jesus. It's too. what he was saying. But if he said that, we, we'd say, "What?
1: why would he say that? So, yeah, that that's even why, even in Hebrews 11, when you have the the hall of faith, when he gets together at the end with everybody and he makes it present, the Hebrew writer, He's actually doing something that just is a brain teaser because he's like, he's given the idea that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that his death on a cross not only went forward from a human's mindset to deliver the sins, not only did it forgive the present people who actually that he prayed, he said, Father, forgive them, but it went back to the people of faith The cross did that in that moment because he said only together with us would they be made perfect, which is, well, where did he get that idea? He got that idea from Jesus saying, oh, yeah, about Abraham, before he was born, I am. He made that statement. Yep. That's John
0: chapter. Yeah, John 8. John 8. So to both your points, and that was that was really good explanation leading up to it, Jace, because really the thing about the chosen is the basis for which we begin this, because the Jewish mindset when Jesus that Jesus is talking to throughout this whole book of John, where we get into these metaphors, it actually starts way back in in Exodus three, because they totally understand the concept of I am because of the burning bush. And Moses, right? I mean, that's where we first see this concept. You know, Moses has, you know, obviously he was a sort of a miraculous survivor. Uh, he had been raised in the house of Pharaoh. He was the we know he was pegged to be the deliver God's deliverer of the people out of Egypt. But he goes through this whole thing about not being ready, and so he's out in the desert for forty years, and he sees this burning bush, and and he's called to it, and so he goes there, and the voice literally calls him out of the bush and says, Moses, in verse 4 of t- uh, Exodus 3, and Moses says, here I am, which is kind of interesting because the, here I am. And then the voice says, do not come any closer. Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground, meaning that the presence of God is near. You know, and this is going to be a concept we're going to see throughout and then he says, the voice says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And then if you drop down to verse 13, Moses says to God, because he describes a little bit about that, you know, concept to get him here. And he says, he's telling him what he needs to do. And Moses says, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask, what is his name? Then what shall I tell him? And God says to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you.
2: And, and you know, he the Apostle Paul cleared up a lot of, of who in the world, what is all this about? The Hebrew, I mean, Acts 17, verse 24, just a few things. The God who made the world. Just think about that and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. He's talking about Jesus, and does not live in temples built by hands. He's not served by human hands as if he needed anything. He himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. Now you just look at that part of him. From one man, he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth he determined the time set for them, the exact places where they should live. He did it so people would seek him and find him. He ends it up by saying, He's given proof of this. He has set a day when he will judge the world. That's everything there is, with justice by the man he has appointed, and we're down to I am again. He's given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. You're like, Death, nope. He, 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 he beat that too. There's just nothing that he doesn't control, absolutely nothing.
0: Correct. And to Jace's point earlier, when when the voice of God was speaking to Moses through that bush, Jesus was there as well, because we know from all the other passages in the New Testament that Jesus has been there all along. And so he hadn't become flesh yet. That comes later at the appointed time, but he was there. So he can he can say that he was there from the very beginning and he was right there with God, with Yahweh speaking through that bush that I am. And so when you get over to John chapter eight and he's having this discussion about Abraham, which was before Moses and they're saying, we're the children of Abraham. Who do you think you are? And, you know, you're saying that Abraham looked to you and uh, Abraham was way before you are. How are you saying all that? And he says, look, before Abraham was born, I am. He's referring back to this same idea and the same statement, as, as we said earlier. I mean, it is an I am statement. And, of course, their reaction, you know, they got it because and, and, and it's also kind of crazy because. He was saying in that moment, I am the I am. And their reaction was, it, it was so strong to them that they picked up stones to kill him. Yeah. That's how, that's how, that's how visceral and how strong the reaction yeah. was.
1: That's why the chosen got that right. Cause look, you could do the same thing about Jonah. You remember when he, he made reference in Luke 11, where he's like, he, he tell, this is verse 29, when he said, uh, for as Jonah, or verse thirty of Luke eleven, for as Jonah was assigned to the Ninevites, so also will be the Son of Man, be to this generation. And then he he starts getting graphic. What happened with the, you know, Jonah and the whale? I mean, you know what he said here? I am Jonah. I I'm greater than Jonah. You know, that's what he said. The uh in verse thirty two. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now one greater than Jonah is here. And I just keep going back to he's the fulfillment of this. Where did all this get started with Moses? I mean, there was a couple of points as you were reading that that stood out. What caught his attention? Well, there's a bush that's on fire. And he's looking at it. And he said in verse 2 and 3 of uh, Exodus 3, I'm going to go over here and see why this bush doesn't burn up. So just think, that that's where this gets started. You got a bush burning, but it won't burn up. That would catch my attention. I mean, my imagination would be running wild. And so then he all of a sudden, you know, it starts talking. And his response is what ours should be when he said, Who am I? in verse eleven. Who am I? And so what God did was answer that in the reverse when he says, I am who I am, which is the, you know, who am I? I am who. And I think that's per- the perspective that I was trying to zero in on on why Jesus is different. Because a lot of people say, "Oh, I believe in the teachings of Jesus," you know, but I'm not sure he was the Son of God. Look, that's way more prevalent than you realize. That's how people think. And I'm like, you've missed the whole point. It's the same way I felt about these people criticizing that ap- they're quick to criticize. Because people are trying to read the Bible and dot all the I's and connect the the you know cross the Ts, and they're missing. You know he, Jesus is even bigger than the box that they have him in. They're just not running the application all the way out. So if you're defending the law of Moses, you've missed something. I mean, you really are. Because people, you know, you know, people go to the Sermon on the Mount, and they basically turn turn it into, I'm saying modern day, into what he was chastising them for. <laughs> it's just hilarious to me. It's like, I've, I've suffered through those in church, you know, we're going to do a series on the Sermon on the Mount. I'm like wanting to raise my hand. I'm like, I think you missed the point on this. He wasn't trying to give you... 12 different views of 12 different rules that we now must keep. I mean, he was saying, I came to fulfill, but he was being so, uh, he was, he was being, he was illustrating and going over and beyond his point because they were justifying themselves for keeping the whole law. And he's like, yeah, but if, you know, even if you are mad at your brother, you know, you're violating the whole law. He was trying to show, uh, Humans that they should be asking the same thing Moses. I mean, who am I? And because and, you, when you realize who Jesus says He is, He He is. So you just point to Him. When people come to you and they they're they're attacking you, you just you're pointing to Jesus because He's the greatest being that you could ever construct, which is the whole point of the having the I am nickname. It is the ultimate nickname of all nicknames. It shows that you're completely superior. I mean, the whole book of Hebrews, that's basically all it's saying. Here's here's about 15 reasons on why he's better.
0: No, I agree, Jace. And which is why we kept looking at those copies and shadows because. You see Jesus all over it. I mean, you, when you go back and you look at the life of Moses and you see the he was saved as a child and they were killing the babies. And then you go to Abraham and you see that he's, you know, Isaac was the only son and he was sacrificed. I mean, all the symmetry and the pictures are there. The Jewish mindset, especially they got every aspect of this. And so by the time the Hebrew writer comes along and writes that book, the, the Jewish mindset they understood if they had an open heart that Jesus really was the fulfillment of all of this and so us looking back in time we're we, we are certainly able to see how clear the pathway was that Jesus really is the I am there's no there's no yeah. doubt about it
1: Well we mentioned the John 8 where he said and we'll mention that in more detail. In, in, because we're going to have a series on this, but I wanted to bring up the John 18 because when you first sent me the seven I ams, which I didn't realize we were doing that the metaphorically uh, times that he said I
0: am, I said,
1: Well, all, we need to add another one. And I was like, Do what? <laughs> Cause I read what you
0: said. What, what you said was you said I've got a mystery. I am. And I said, Ooh, I love I a do, good mystery. I do have
1: a mystery. I am, and here was my take. But what what's funny is I said I'm not going to tell you. I'll wait and, and discuss it. But then when I read, Al had a few notes about it. Well, he had already brought this up, so it's not a mystery. But what I find fascinating is John 18. So this is right before Jesus dies, and you know goes through the trials and all. And I'll just read it. Because he says when he had finished, John 18, 1, when he had finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples, crossed over to the Kidron Valley. On on the other side, there was an olive grove, and he and the disciples went into it. Now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas came to the grove, guiding a detachment of soldiers. That's going to be a key thing to ponder. And some officials from the chief priests and Pharisees, they were carrying tor- torches, lanterns, and weapons. So here's a, here comes a, a military platoon and a mob. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked him, Who is it you want? So, so he already knew, but he's just playing along. Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. Well, here's why I call this a mystery. So you see these next three words, I am he. Well, if you go look at the original Greek language, the word he's not there. Correct. They, they just put it there because, which just it just doesn't infuriate me, but it makes me angry. Because <laughs> they missed the point that this is his name. I am it it's so much more cool if you read all the other i ams and if you just don't put the he there we we cuz they're they're doing it cuz it's not grammatically correct as as it they're implying oh i am he He's,
0: but he just said they were doing it as a grammatical qualifier to answer the question but you're right it's not in the actual language it's just that. i am that's right
1: he said i am so they said we're looking for jesus of nazareth I am. So you see how the translators? They thought, well, that didn't make sense. Of course, it doesn't make sense because he is I am. That's his other name. He's already <laughs> it said that. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. You should have just yeah. left it alone. That's why I called it a mystery out because it. He just said I am. Yeah. But we. I agree. You know the translators put the he in there, so you'll see it in parentheses. And he says it t- two more times. Look, Jesus said, and Judas the traitor was standing there with them. When Jesus said, I am He, well he didn't say that. He said, I am. So you see where this is going. They drew back and fell to the ground. Which ge- is
0: the really intriguing part of that. Why did they do that? Yeah,
1: let's back up. You're right. So who <laughs> was coming? It was a detachment of soldiers. They were carrying weapons. So now he says, I am. And and they there's a power surge of some nature, and they fell to the ground. And the implications of this, there are several. I mean, you're right, Al. Because one, even if you uh, take Ephesians 6 and apply this here, where, where God's given us the armor, you remember at the end he says, and with the feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel. Because in any kind of war situation, you know, when you lose your feet, you're you're in trouble. You're, that's usually not in every case, but in most cases, once you go down, you're probably going to stay down because you're going to die. Right. And so I do think it was an authority issue and a spiritual war issue going on at the same time when Jesus said, I am. I mean, he was there to be arrested. He was playing along. But why had this happened? I mean, is it to show? I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Al?
0: I don't know. It it intrigued me when I got into it because I hadn't really thought that much about it, to be honest with you. I mean, we, we studied, John, and I hadn't really put that together as much as this particular study. But I thought, I'm like you, it struck me as something different this time that that was some sort of show to some other place, maybe other than just in that moment. That, oh, wait a minute, I'm still the I am.
1: Well yeah. And the same thing happened to Pharaoh too when that I am, if you look in the old testament and find that somewhere, he they there's a blowdown. There's yeah. another another blowdown occurred when that was uttered. And so it was not unprecedented, but for Jesus, you know, I, I think it was a last uh sign of what he was giving up for us. I also, think so, too. Yeah, you know, he, he's basically, you know, the song he could have called 10,000 angels. And and, and yes, but well, do you want me to finish reading this? Uh,
0: yeah, read it. and then finish reading We're it. almost out of time, and then we'll talk about it in overtime because we're almost out of time for this.
1: Okay. So then in verse 7, again, he asked them, who is it you want? And they said, Jesus from Nazareth. I told you that I am he. But he actually said, I told you that I am. And I am. Jesus answered, if you are looking for me, then let these men go. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be, well, of all things, that's our word for the day, would be fulfilled. He came to fulfill the law and the prophets. Mm -hmm. I have not lost one of those you gave me. So he's protecting the group that he's with. And, and it's the sign of what's going to happen on the cross. This, this is getting into the uh, you know Romans 5:8. While while you are yeah. sinners Christ loved it. I mean he he's protecting. So then Simon Peter who had a sword drew it struck the high priest servant cutting cutting off his his ear and Jesus commanded put your sword away shall I not drink the cup which was a sign from the Old Testament of justice and you know suffering. The Father has given me. And so he ultimately would take our sins and take our place and justify us through the suffering he was he was fixed to occur. I mean it's an incredible yeah. great no,
0: it's really good stuff.
1: Picture of Jesus the I am.
0: Yeah. So we're out of time. This has kind of been an overview of this idea of the I am. We'll we'll find a finish up that overview in our overtime. So if you want to follow us over, blazetv.com slash unashamed and then uh, next podcast, we'll actually get into some of those seven uh, meta- metaphorical statements of the I am. So see you in overtime. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.